I'm Matt Dixon, and welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. The mission of Purple Patch is to empower and educate every human being to reach their athletic potential. Through the lens of athletic potential, you reach your human potential. The purpose of this podcast is to help time-starved people everywhere integrate sport into life. And welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. As ever, your host, Matt Dixon. And let me tell you about a famous annual horse race in England. It's called the Grand National, a series of impossibly high fences for the jockey and horse to navigate with legendary hedges named such things as the Canal Turn and the Chair, awaiting the condensed field. Many families bet on this race every April for the upsets, the challenges, and the crazy stories of racing. So why do I tell you this? Well, I kind of feel like right now, as a society, we're on the second loop of the Grand National. We're hitting Canal Turn. There is still plenty of challenge ahead, and I'm sure there's going to be some pain. But there's light at the end of the tunnel the finish line begins to creep onto the horizon. And so, with all this in mind, if we are coming towards the end of the Grand National, of what this year has been, dominated by complete craziness, we can and should do two things as a society. We should do two things as an athlete. We should do two things as a performance-minded individual. The first is do the right thing now, making smart decisions and grit your teeth through the rough winter that we have got looming. But two, we should plan. We should get excited. We should begin to roadmap the season and year of performance ahead because we're most likely going to begin to emerge in 2021. And there's a strong chance that we creep towards a version of normal. We'll have the liberty to perform, to charge, to race, to improve, not just to navigate with the ground moving under our feet. So let's begin. 2021, it's coming. Today, let's set out a framework for 2021 via some case studies. And whether an athlete or a performance-minded fitness enthusiast, let's begin to set our mindset and strategy for the coming months ahead. 2021, this week on the Purple Patch Podcast. But before we get going, I want to do a squatty update. Yes, the squatty update this week, consistency challenge. We are done with our full challenges that created the marker and the anchor, the compass for our training over the last months. Most races have evaporated. The 2020 season is effectively done with, or what was left of that 2020 season. Is it all despair and gloom? Not at all. This is a perfect time to begin to enact what we are chatting about today, 2021 prep specifically what to focus on for you in the coming two to three months. And so how are individuals at Purple Patch going about this? Well, guess what? We're coming together as a team and we're implementing supportive, low-key challenges. As we discussed at length in the performance reset just a couple of weekends ago, this is a wonderful time to begin to build habits and set up preparatory work for the tougher work that is going to surely come in later winter and early spring. More of that in the meat and potatoes today. But our squad is right now leaning into this in an environment of support and accountability for each other and from each other. And so we're hitting a December consistency challenge. The holidays are ahead. And a regular schedule is really challenging for all of us. And so what we're looking to do individually and as a collective is be active daily and establish some positive habits now rather than waiting till January. And we're going to share and we're going to keep track. This is a great time to do something daily 
and build habits that are going to set us up for success in the future. So for our athletes, the squaddies, it's typically anchored around things like consistent strength and conditioning training and tissue resilience via really consistent, easy-paced, technique-developed running. But we're hitting these challenges together. We're inviting others to join the journey with the squaddies, particularly those that we feel like will benefit from the help and accountability so that our collective success is amplified. This is our squatty approach. It removes the hard charge towards racing and it amplifies the fun of doing work that helps you in the long term. And yes, as you'll find out today, this is the secret source. This is the special source. The consistency challenge. We are doing it to build your habits and nailing consistency. Perhaps you can join us. You might just find you get something out of it. And with that, let's do Word of the Week. We like the way he thinks. Serious with the way. Let's open the book. It's time to take a peek. It's the Dictionary Word of the Week. Yes, the Word of the Week this week is giving thanks. Yes, last week was U.S. Thanksgiving, and it was timely for Kelly and I to extend our thanks to the Purple Patch team and the whole of the Purple Patch athlete community. But as a listener of the show, we'd like to extend this thanks to you. So rather than recreating the wheel, let me provide some highlights of the thanks that we gave to our athletes, but of course tailored to you, the listeners. And so without further ado, Kelly and I would like to sincerely first thank the members of Team Purple Patch. Like many businesses, we have faced our own share of challenge and adversity. A center that was due to open in April. Oh, what perfect timing. A whole race season that evaporated in front of our eyes. And we have asked our team to step up to evolve, to completely reimagine almost every part of Purple Patch, all with a quest to help our athletes and customers navigate and thrive in this most turbulent year. And you know what they did? They stepped up. They believe in our purpose and our mission, and we collectively rallied around that mission to help. And this included completely rebuilding our approach to the training season the development of a COVID-19 specific training and live coaching, and the plan and the execution of a full scholarship program to enable 75 folk, most challenges by circumstances, to take advantage of our education and training throughout 2020. This all led to a tripled workload just for us as a business to, in honesty, stay steady. And we're thankful that we could. There was a massive amount of meaning behind what we were doing with a team. And so we were just so thankful collectively that we were in a position to help so many. In addition to this, we also asked our team to come on a journey, come on a real journey that included reimagining our support and services for the future, even creating a major three-day televised event just to cap off the season, as you do, or within six weeks, it was a Herculean team effort with, I have to say, great success. And perhaps the greatest achievement was the coming together of the team and the whole of the Purple Patch community to change the lives of several young kids via raising more than $105,000 for the Challenged Athletes Foundation. That performance reset event, well, that was cracking. And so, yes, Kelly and I are thankful to the whole team and all of the efforts in the year. And we're excited for the path ahead and the major planning for what is going to come in 2021. And with that, now it's about you, the Purple Patch community. Because on behalf of Kelly, myself, and that whole team that we are so thankful for, we would like to collectively say that we are thankful for your commitment over 2020, how you stepped up to the plate to stay performance focused and navigate the challenge of adversity. As I mentioned in March and April, what we do between now 
in January 2021 will determine the effectiveness of our supercharged drive to be our best individual and collective performance ever over 2021. Well, so far so good, but as today is, it's the stake in the ground to start that 2021 journey. And the whole team at Purple Patch intend to continue to focus on improving the coaching, the education, the global programming over the coming year. And yes, as ambitious as we always are, we have big plans. And so with a sensible approach in the coming months that promises a tough and almost sad environment, we will emerge and we will be ready to thrive. There is light at the end of the tunnel. And I think we can have almost a complete season of events and challenges and fun this coming year. We see the light. We're almost there. Follow the guidelines, care for each other, and be a great member of Team Humanity. And I think we're all going to be okay. And that is why this week, the word of the week is giving thanks. Now, I'd like to end this week with an invitation for you to join us at a deeper level. Our whole team of experts and coaches is salivating at the chance to help you through counsel and education, all integrated into the brand new Performance Academy. You're going to hear about that more later today. And our coaches are here for individual one-on-one guidance. And so if you're just eager to get cracking, but not really sure what you need or what best fits, reach out info at purplepatchfitness.com or go and explore the website purplepatchfitness.com. We can set up a time to have a quick chat, see if you're a good fit, see if we're a good fit, how we might be able to support you and get cracking. We are excited for the year ahead. But for now, let's get plotting because I think Barry, you still, you've fallen asleep over there, Barry. Get up. Come on. You've got to get back on the ukulele. We've got to finish word of the week. I know it's been a long one. It is time for me to do the meat and potatoes. Yes, the meat and potatoes. And we begin with an apology. I'm sorry that Barry was so off his game. I don't like to expose the inner workings of Purple Patch. He's been so, so good over the course of the year of holding a steady boat with that ukulele. But, well, frankly, today, I think it disappointed me. I think it disappointed you. And so, Barry, today, get back on your stall. Listen because we're going to talk about plotting 2021. Let's frame this episode. It is all about what we call postseason, or a simple way to think about that is the preparatory phase of training. That's how I like to think about it. And in order to frame this part of the journey, whether you're a lifestyle performance fitness enthusiast or you're a highly committed triathlete, we need to visit purpose and goals. And then we're going to tell stories via two case studies, one about a performance enthusiast and one about a budding triathlete. Now, this is going to help you when you take the first steps towards your success in 2021. And the truth is that no matter where you lie on the scale of performance, from a highly committed athlete to someone that is just in a rut and just needs to get going with movement, you cannot rely on just rerunning prior experiences or approaches that you've used in history and expect to thrive. Because I believe that we must learn lessons from adversity. We must plan within the context of the realities of the last year and, of course, the likely challenges that we have in the winter ahead. And we must deploy some incremental aspects of your performance that perhaps were not quite as important to you as they might have been in prior years. And so, yes, this year, moving into 2021, we need a little fresh thinking. We need a new approach. And so we can at least get you going on the first steps today. And so let's determine success in 2021. What are we aiming for? Well, for this audience, I will label it in two ways. The first is that we want to emerge 
into the meat of and out of 2021 with predictable health, energy, and well-being across all aspects of life. That's number one. And second, if you're an athlete, then you should be ready to convert potential into your very best performances in the competitive arena. Yes, I do think races are coming back in 2021 with a vengeance. And so everyone should pursue the first element. That's the platform. Athletes have the added emphasis of a race season. But I'll tease you with something. We're all athletes. Hmm, stew on that for a little while. Well, today, we can't spend our whole time talking about the 2021 roadmap, but we can talk about the initial phase of postseason. Now, that postseason, it is preparatory. And so, with the holiday season upon us, we must set forward a path that frames emergence into high performance across sport and life, provides specific focus and action items to focus on now and over the coming couple of months or so, and ensure that our training and habit creation over the coming weeks and months are not rushed, that they don't deliver short-term success for the long-term challenges, and instead they suit where most folks are right now, ending 2021, which has been a little unlike other years. And so we are going to be more patient. We are going to require a reduction of the amount of high intensity that we would typically infuse in the early part of a year. And I think we must be even more flexible or dynamic in our mindset around any given week of training. And so we get cracking. Let's discuss this. I'm going to go through two case studies. The first is a fitness enthusiast that's looking to get out of the tunnel of Zoom fatigue and a little bit of divorce and work challenges and instead create a framework to become a better parent and human being. It's all about life performance planning. The second case study is going to be about planning for a triathlete who's plotting a journey towards Ironman racing. And believe it or not, there are similarities in both. And I think that you can draw lessons from both case studies, whatever your goals are. Now, I should say Performance Academy members, you lucky folks, my cadets, as I just labeled them off a whim, enjoy this episode. But also, I encourage you to start scribbling your questions, thoughts, and plans. Because the bonus material for this week, for you lucky folk that are in the inner circle, is a roadmap overview and worksheet for season planning, but also December 10th, a live video hour with yours truly me. Yes, December 10th, you can come and ask questions, any questions that you want about your performance plans and how you should go about postseason. You can also learn from others and have a good old time chin wagging with me and your academy friends. Who knows what's going to happen? But why don't we all dive in and find out? It's live on December the 10th. The details are in the show notes. And of course, that session, if you can't attend live as an Academy member, will be accessible on demand. So if you can't make it, you can still learn. But let's get back to the show for right now for everybody that is listening live right now. Let's talk about three things, goals, purpose, and case studies around the phase of preparation postseason. So without further ado, let's get going. Whenever commencing a performance journey, whether it is for the first time or another annual cycle to your ultimate success, I think it's important to develop a framework of road mapping so that you can actually facilitate success. Now, in general terms, we need to take stock of our situation, define our driving purpose of commencing this journey, and establish markers to help us keep honest and course correct on this journey, as of course we get cracking. Now, if this part, if this little planning part is done really well, and then you will know that you have been highly successful by a simple thing that is sometimes counterintuitive. And that's that 
when your market and goal will yield great joy. The real success for you is who you become and what you become as you navigate the journey towards that goal. And I want you to keep this in mind because this is gold. We're going to create goals, but the journey to get there is the thing that creates what you become. And so let me outline some examples. Let's think about a goal to begin, because it's important for you to have goals and targets and markers. And examples of goals might be some of the following. Jim. Jim has high cholesterol and he wants to improve his performance profile and get off statin medication. Jenny has entered an Ironman in midsummer and wants to finish successfully within the time limit. That's 17 hours. John is committed to get ready and successfully complete a big hike, the rim to rim trail at the Grand Canyon with a couple of his friends. And Felicity wants to hit 750 miles of running over the calendar year in 2021. For you mathematicians, that's almost 15 miles of running every week. It's a good goal. So what we glean from that is that the goal provides a target. It's definable, measurable, and also can act as a chance to course correct when life gets in the way, you get tired, you need to make decisions that are going to help keep you on track. In other words, it becomes your lightning rod, your compass. And you're going to be more successful at achieving that goal if you can recruit others to participate or join you in that quest of the goal. You share your goal with other people and you feel a sense of accountability when you're chasing the goal. And so it's very easy to see why goals are important. But what's more powerful than a goal is purpose, your why. Because this is the aspect that truly gets you out of bed in the morning. It drives intrinsic motivation at a deeper level. So let's imagine the goals that we discuss, but now driven by purpose. Because your purpose is the fuel that ignites energy and consistency, and it gets you on track when things get really tough. So Jim, he wanted to get off statins. He has young kids, and his purpose is that he wants to be active and engaged in all family activities and sports as his kids hit the teenage years. Because what Jim realizes is that health and energy will fuel participating in the kids' lives and not just viewing their lives from the sidelines. And Jenny, who's on her journey towards a successful Ironman finish, well, she grew up without any real sport engagement. And over the last few years where she started to participate in triathlons and actually being active, she's managed to lose 75 pounds and she wants to inspire her other friends that a life of energy and health is possible. And so this is her vehicle to inspire her friends so that they can go on their performance journey and they can find happiness and vibrancy in their life. And John with his rim to rim challenge around Grand Canyon, well, he's had a massively challenging year that's included a divorce and loss of work. And he's never done anything like this but he believes that the mission and the accomplishment of this challenge will be the framework to drive forward his ambition as he starts to step into his 50s. He doesn't want to decline. He wants to accelerate as he ages. And finally, Felicity, 750 miles of running in a year. What's that all about? Well, it's a good marker and goal. It's measurable. But what you must understand is that Felicity has four children and all of them are more drawn to video games and screens than the playground or the sports field. And while she likes to keep fit, she's highly inconsistent. And so she wants to inspire her children with her approach. She wants to bring them along for the journey with each one of them having their own various consistency commitments because her quest, her purpose is to convert her family to a happily engaged, 
active family rather than a couch potato clan. You see, the purpose provides meaning at a personal level. And it's the catalyst that fuels desire and commitment, even when things go wrong or adversity is met, as it always will. And so the most powerful element of purpose includes one that is shared with others or impacts others, that is deeply personal to you and your values, and is longer term and has meaning to you over the long haul. And so with this framework, the goals are simply the markers on the journey towards a purpose. And so whether an athlete or a lifestyle performer, the goals are important, but are part of the fabric of a journey that provides the yield and magic. Remember what I said? It is who or what you become on the journey that is the massive yield. And so I'm going to let you stew on this framework, but let's talk about the now, the upcoming couple of months. Because as you want to get going on this journey, the question is, well, how should you go about it? So for this, we're not going to focus on the whole roadmap or the big long journey. Instead, we're going to go quite short term on you. We're going to plot these coming months of the performance journey, and we're going to do it via two case studies. The first is John who is going to head towards a late spring hike with his friends across the Grand Canyon. So let's break his situation down. John, Mr. Rim to Rim Hike, he's 47 years of age. He's mildly active, walking two to three times a week for about 20 to 30 minutes. He has a pretty rough diet, highly disrupted sleep, amplified stress this year, coming from emotional, financial, logistical challenges. He... He likes his wine. He has moderate habitual alcohol, one to two glasses of wine pretty much every night of the week. And of course, underneath it all, his body composition is not quite what he likes, probably 15 to 20 pounds of additional body weight hanging around. And his energy and mood swings are not what you would call stable. And so in doing a personal audit, as he puts his big, hairy, audacious gold stake in the ground, it's pretty clear to John that his routines and habits are not conducive to an extended hike. In fact, he feels very, very far away from his early June adventure. And he's got seven months. It just doesn't feel like enough time. And he doesn't know where to start. There are so many things to change in his habits. And he also realizes that he actually has to train for this bastard. After all, it's extended. It's a marathon-length hike. And so, as we did the diagnosis on John, here's a simple list of changes that we would love to shift towards a positive direction in order to optimize his health and readiness to achieve his goal. We need to improve his sleep. We need to improve the diet and body composition. We need a total stress reduction. We need to stabilize energy and mood. And of course, we've got to train and get fitter for the event. And so this is the point that we come in and create a huge life overhaul, right? No, because while some full intervention is sometimes possible and heroic, it is also riddled with risk of failure. And so instead, we need to plot a path to help John via the longer term lens and build incremental habits for success, mini victories. And this, this is where postseason or our preparatory phase of training is anchored around. Because over the coming months, what we're going to do is create consistency of movement so that we can develop tissue resilience to train. That's number one. Number two, we're going to implement positive habits so that he feels better. Notice I didn't say improve sleep, heightened body composition. I said so that he feels better. He's happier. He has more energy. His mood stabilizes. And we're going to put in some supporting habits to maintain a platform of health. He needs to be healthy. You see, we cannot turn the tanker on a dime. 
We must provide John with actionable steps that include little mini victories that will build confidence and positive affirmations of his first weeks and months on the journey. We underwhelm now in the intervention phase for long-term success. And so what does this intervention, or another way to put it, post-season preparatory phase planning, what does it look like? Well, step one, very simple, get active daily, at least almost daily. You see, his quote training plan is about building tissue resilience and ingraining habitual movement. So we develop a really basic at-home strength routine that he's able to do from anywhere with his friends via video conference software, no equipment needed, instead body weight focus and easy to execute either from home with video over friends or in a park together. And you know what they can do while they're doing it? They can laugh at each other at the challenges of coordination, but they can also support each other and be tied together as they progress through the exercising to more challenging exercises and routines. The second part of it is we hit frequent and often approach. We have limited intervals and a much lighter structure of training, but we define heroism for John as walking five short to moderate walks in a week over some big long weekend hike where he starts thinking, I've got to get ready for this big hike. I better go out and suffer. When all that would do is demand two hour naps and low productivity for the rest of that day. So the focus now is building tissue resilience in order to prepare for the big hikes ahead. But right now we keep it light. And so John, has to do something every day, something with a day of nothing only coming every two or three weeks. Step two in the postseason planning is a quest to energize and uplift the mood. And so we hit habits that are really easy to implement and will also have a positive yield. We don't discuss with John body composition, sleep challenges, stress adaptation, or anything else. We simply intervene with a couple of key habits that we want to ensure become non-negotiable over the long-term journey. So the first of those, post-workout fueling. Every single activity that John completes, he must consume calories within 30 minutes of completion. This should be protein and carbohydrate heavy, and he has no excuses. Why? Well, the protein will begin muscle repair and also lower stress hormones. And the carbohydrates will top up energy stores, yes, but they will also prevent big cravings occurring in the rest of the day. And so these positive choices around food choices and portion sizes stem from this habit and also have the very joyful benefit of stabilizing energy. You see how it's all wrapped up into that habit? The second thing that he implements is a daily hydration challenge where he must go through at least two full bottles of hydration throughout the workday. And this must include a glass of water with every meal on top of it. And it must be finished. It can't just sit there as a pretty ornament. And finally, oh, John, fasten your seatbelt, mate. John is committing to not having alcohol in the evenings on Monday until Thursday. Yep, he is dry for Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And if he breaks due to a special occasion or a big meal or he just simply feels like he needs it, and then Thursday becomes a dry day. I'm not excluding or eliminating alcohol. I'm reducing it. I'm building a habit. We have no other interventions right now. We build a platform of health. We stabilize energy. We try to make him feel better with little actionable steps that are mini victories and positive affirmations. The attended outcomes for John? Well, I think it's going to take John two months or so to successfully integrate this patient buildup of what I would call training. Practically, it's pretty easy to implement, but it's tough to stay on track. 
with all of the varying emotions and logistical challenges, as well as, of course, when fatigue begins to creep. And so heroism is defined by consistency. We define the slow burn as the mindset. And so through this, we're seeking validation with John through a combination of subjective and objective elements. He has to hit at least 85% of the intended sessions. We want to judge if he reports having better energy in the day. We want to see if he reports better sleep quality. Notice that we never discussed sleep specifically. We're just going to ask him as he goes along. We're going to see that the impact on him walking and doing strength reduces over time, that he actually begins to, woe and betide, enjoy the sessions, almost feeling like something is missing if he skips, and of course, his retaining tissue health. We're not measuring or targeting sleep hours or body composition or performance metrics in training or accumulating miles or other training-specific measurements. Instead, what we're doing is joyfully building habits we're joyfully building consistency. We construct the platform. And this begins December 1st. The next check-in and the end of what we would define as the postseason preparatory phase is February 15th. And we don't treat this whole block as training. Instead, we treat it as preparing to train. The results should be that he has improved tissue resilience and a greater capacity to do work. He should have a heightened platform of health and reduction of stress, so therefore greater capacity to absorb work. And he should be in a state of readiness to ramp intensity and load. And so you can quickly see that this phase of training is so, so integral to his long-term success. And it is why patience in development is so critical. And yet most people rush it because of fear of the goal or, of course, ambition and ego. And so with this in mind, let's go to a different case study that still anchors around postseason preparatory phase of training. We're going to discuss a triathlete named Jenny. Now, remember that Jenny's goal is an Ironman under that 17-hour time limit. She's already improved her health profile, but she wants to inspire her friends to take up the performance journey. And so how will we approach Jenny's quest to nail down a successful Ironman journey? Well, first, let's go through the profile. Jenny, Ironman finished, 38 years of age, has completed three Olympic distance triathlons and two half iron distance races over the last three years. And that was from the start of her journey of being completely sedentary just four years ago. Over those four years, she has lost 75 pounds. It's incredible. And yet, to have a season of training and those races we discussed already, she has yet to nail it without massive musculoskeletal injury, typically stemming from running. She's very, very low on confidence of her success in the Ironman. Mostly because of the fear of the unknown and, of course, the history of injuries. Jenny is retaining a dieting mindset when it comes to her eating, and she also doesn't consistently engage in strength training. It's been established and success so far by moving her body, swim, bike, and run. And so, what about the diagnosis? Well, I'll tell you this, Jenny's instincts were Let's get cracking. There is no time to waste. This is a big bite of the apple. And her fear is developing enough fitness to see her be ready to get through that long, long day that looms ahead. She wonders how on earth she is going to hit enough long rides and long runs while in the depths of winter to be ready for that midsummer Ironman. Well, I had some good news for Jenny one that installed a little bit of shock and uncertainty when she first heard it. And that's that we're not going to hit any long rides or long runs over the depths of winter. You see, the headline news for Jenny was this. She has, from today, as I record, 36 weeks until she will be standing on the start line of her Ironman. 
And if she, let's just say for sake of argument, averages about 10 to 12 hours a week of training, she's going to be somewhere around 400 hours of training availability to get ready for this thing. And this thing is going to take somewhere between 14 and 17 hours. Fitness will not be the limiter. And her roadblocks have always been injuries. And those injuries have always led to a massive reduction of capacity to train consistently. And very quickly, as we look ahead over the coming 36 weeks, the coming 400 hours, that available training is going to drop pretty quickly if Jenny faces several weeks on the sidelines with yet another injury. And so instead, we need to develop a pathway to build a magic word consistency. Now, this is going to arrive via tissue resilience and healthy habits of eating. And those healthy habits support recovery and tissue repair. She is now commencing a journey towards the Big Ironman Challenge. And so we need to shift her habits and her mindset because we need to get her body and mind to successfully absorb the unavoidable rigors of Ironman training. It is not easy. But over these coming months, post-season, we're not just going to launch into the training. We're going to prepare to train. Post-season, preparatory. Ah, I'm beginning to get it. So what's the intervention with our Jenny? Well, step one is we want to develop the frame of tissue resilience. We are going to be incredibly patient in the training program because we are going on a quest to break the injury cycle. And we do this with a plan that includes the following. First, a lot of low, low stress, shorter sessions that have a heavy emphasis on technique development and improving tissue resilience without risk. And so she's going to run really frequently. But all of those runs will be on the shorter side. Every single one of them will include walk breaks so that she can reset form and reduce muscular load. There must be no bad steps. We're also going to build a highly specific and progressive platform of core stability and strength. We are going to chase stronger tissue and bone so that her overall training load is lower and she's able to absorb this strength work. And finally, we're going to lean into multi-sport to build the muscular resilience and cardiovascular conditioning. You see, Jenny can look forward to the next two or three months of plenty of patiently progressing, higher torque, low cadence bike rides on the stationary bike or the bike trainer and COVID conditionings permitting also a consistent bout of technique and short interval swimming. We're not on a chase or pursuit of big hours. In fact, we're only going to consistently hit about 80% of Jenny's supposed available training hours in any week. But the focus is going to be consistency and light progression, not to commence the hard graph that lies ahead. And this is critical. In fact, as I said to Jenny, we want your fitness to creep up behind you and whack you on the back of the head. You never want to feel like you're chasing the fitness right now. The second step in postseason planning for Jenny is all about shifting the mindset. And this is where heavy coaching and education comes in. Because if we look back at Jenny's prior journeys, the last three to four years have been anchored in really fun, lots of inspiration, and also a parallel path of weight loss, improved body composition, heightened energy. But now she needs to shift her mindset. Because an Ironman is a different quest. She is a training athlete. And she wants to achieve that without converting to obsession. And so this is a wonderful time of the year to establish an understanding of the proper approach to aspects such as fueling to support the body's ability to absorb training load, the protocols around recovery and sleep hygiene, and how hydration in the day can improve your recovery, tissue health, and energy. And underneath all of that with her mindset, Jenny's also really excited to hit some equipment upgrades. Hey, 
we all need new bikes sometimes. And now is the time. Yes, here comes Team IOG, but choosing a good bike that's pragmatic, that is fit for purpose, this is the time. Training stress is lower, and it's a perfect time to adjust your equipment and habits. And so there's a mindset shift that's occurring. And finally, step three of the intervention is to implement those important habits. There are two major habits that we're having Jenny implement. Number one, post-workout fueling. Yep, same as John. This is massively important for tissue repair and health, but also for Jenny, it breaks the mold of viewing training as a caloric burner. Jenny's body composition improvements are likely going to continue as long as she stays healthy with not too much stress accumulation and has positive habits in which they help her absorb the training load. And she's much more likely to also retain muscular health. Remember, injuries. And so this must be a primary focus now so that she is built that habit and equipped to grow into the training load ahead. And the sister to this is self-care. Jenny is San Francisco-based. She works directly with the team at SMI, and she's developed 5 to 15-minute daily self-care routines, and they are all about promoting tissue health and recovery. Now, it's interesting. We're doing this now, but training load isn't very high. There isn't a massive risk of injury right now. But the truth is there's little chance of her successfully adding this as a habit when training low gets really high because it's just going to drop off the to-do list when fatigue creep comes in. And so what we do is we make this a habit now when she has mental capacity and also so that Jenny can feel the benefits now and become a master of the routines. And then... When training load comes up, the real word gets going. She starts to think about Iron Man in the real training. It's on autopilot. It is something that she does. You see, the intended outcomes of postseason for Jenny is that she's not training for an Iron Man yet, but the journey has begun. In fact, these coming nine to 12 weeks are likely going to determine Jenny's success in all of 2021. Let me say that again. She's not training for an Ironman yet, but the journey has begun. These coming to 9 to 12 weeks will determine her success in all of 2021. Let me say it again. <laughs> yes, I'm going to say it one more time for you a different way. These coming two to three months will determine Jenny's success for all of her Ironman journey, even though she isn't training for that Ironman yet. This is how critical this phase of preparation is because we are seeking a platform of strength and resilience. We're seeking technical development, heightened tissue resilience, and a platform of cardiovascular conditioning, critical habits for tissue repair and recovery, a shift to an athlete's mindset, not a dieting mindset, and recovery-promoting habits across Jenny's nutrition. We're going to begin on December the 15th, the phase for Jenny will go through the middle of February, from which we will start to ramp intensity and training load before dialing in specific Ironman training for the last 10 to 12 weeks of the journey into race day. Her ability to retain health, her chance to absorb and adapt to the required training, the opportunity to hit race day both physically fresh and mentally vibrant, all anchors on being patient now. Hear that? Patient. Not random, not scattered, highly specific, but patient. The mindset of preparing the body to do work over actually doing the work right now. We'll see how she goes, but I've got to tell you, I have a lot of confidence. And so to finish, whoom, let's come back up. In both of these case studies, we anchor the approach in highly patient phase of preparation. In neither of the case studies do we ask for radical intervention or seismic shifts. But this doesn't mean that it's easy because it's about building habits. It's about hitting massive consistency. 
It's about charting a course of success through the long-term lens. We avoid fad diets. We bypass quackery. We skip quick fixes. We don't follow radical new trends. Instead, we build based on habits, simple habits. And I think that both of these athletes, yes, remember we are all athletes, have a wonderful chance of success. And I hope that this much becomes clear. It is super to have a BHAG. Yes, a big, hairy, audacious goal. And it is great to establish lofty goals. But the most important part of the journey or the roadmap is going to be what you do over these coming months. It's the postseason phase of preparation. Yes, the preparatory phase. Folks, it is everything. And I hope that's helpful. Cadets, Performance Academy folk, look out for the roadmap breakdown of postseason and the annual plan, as well as the worksheet for you to map your goals and your own approaches. And then join me live, the Performance Academy planning session, December 10th, a live video session with me and you. Yes, that's you, where we dive a little deeper. I'll answer all your questions around your approach and your performance, just me and you and the other cadets. We'll send you details of the live session in this week's bulletin. And of course, in the meantime, I'm also going to be on the Performance Academy Slack channel discussing this week's show. Whatever your path, I wish you the best of luck. I hope today's show provided some context, a little inspiration. Stay smart, look after each other, stay safe, be a good part of humanity. See you next week. Cheers. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the Purple Patch Podcast. If you like what you hear, we'd really appreciate it if you share with your friends and even go the extra mile and head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate and review the show. The Apple Podcast link is in the show notes. Your support and positive reviews go a huge way in increasing our visibility and also the exposure to time-starved people everywhere who want to integrate sport into life and ultimately thrive. Don't forget... You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Cheers.